0: Hey everyone, Anil from Live, Breathe, Believe. We are back after a week off with Indira Kennedy as we discuss her eight elements of self-mastery. I'm excited to share element number five, contemplation. You know, would you rather have a way of exploring your thoughts in ways that may actually lead you out of the maze of possibilities that are in your brain and straight to the richest answers Well, the process that Indira and I discuss sounds simple, but the practice is actually mastered over time. Contemplation is critical to everyone, especially in leadership. It starts with thinking and that goes beyond it. Indira shares this process and encourages us to bring it to life in five steps. But the key to these five steps is to actually repeat several of them at least three times to go deeper and beyond and unlock pure wisdom that sits in your heart. As Indira says, it is all about a still mind and a wise heart. I encourage you all to enjoy this session. We will return next week to discuss journaling. And in Indira's beautiful words, it's where hand and heart align when we pay the right attention. But for now, enjoy contemplation. Good afternoon, Indira. Welcome Uh, to We Believe. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Anil?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. Um, Indira, we're hot off doing a collaboration with Fred. We've done four incredible elements so far creative visualization, mindfulness, intention, and most recently, energy. We took a break for Easter, and now we're back to talk about element number five contemplation. Mm
1: -hmm. Great topic.
0: I'm I'm excited for it. Now, but before we go into contemplation, either maybe help us understand. Like we obviously started with the four, and now we're going to go into the fifth. Maybe do you want to just tee us up a bit in terms of the link between contemplation and the prior four?
1: Sure. So, creative visualization, intention, mindfulness, and then energy. I really like the in some ways the get started elements of making things happen in the world. They're, they're four essential things to creating the life that you desire and and meeting your desires. So we have to visualise what we want. We do do that in various ways all the time anyway, but we can do that in more mindful ways and actually make a decision, a choice about what we want. Mm -hmm. Then we need to bring our intention to it. Are we going to put our will behind it? Is this something we're committed to actually seeing through? mindfully, then we have to see whether the mind is going to support that Are we getting in the way with our thinking, our old conditioning, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. We've got to put our mind to it and then our energy needs to come in as we've got to take action. We've got to put some will behind it again but in an energetic way um, and then start to notice where our energy is taking us and how are we supporting ourselves in in being able to treat what we want to achieve. And that may take more energy in some cases than in others, depending on what it is we're we're focusing on as our ultimate goal. So contemplation then comes in more into the times when we start to look at is this working or not? And um, am I getting what I want even though I'm doing all these other things? Is it really happening? So contemplation is taking us deeper. So on that that level, it's about let's ensure that we do keep working towards what we want. On another level, all of these elements are actually working on our own uh, deeper development, our spiritual intelligence and and our spiritual developments. So contemplation is a way to actually then start to access more of our values, more of what the heart wants to say, really getting into who we are at our core rather than living life as we were talking about with Fred in a way that's just accepting and joining social hypnosis or we're being incredibly reactive. So I found contemplation to be really key not only for myself but also in, in working with others and coaching as well.
0: So in your book, Mm -hmm. when you talk about contemplation, it's about engaging the mind in higher thinking. And you mentioned that it trains it to take on the witness stance in a natural way of thinking instead of depending on superficial noise of the egoic mind. A lot there. Yes, I really would love to focus on the witness stance, capital W, because we've talked about this in prior conversations. I really would love for people to really have that the witness kind of resonate. Could you maybe describe that a bit more?
1: So perhaps the easiest way is to talk about the three voices that we have mentioned in the past. When I realised, catching myself with my own thinking, it was, you know, my question was, well, who am I listening to? who What am I listening to? And I saw that there's the 500 words a minute literally um, mind ruminating, going over things, churning, storytelling that we do all the time then there's our beliefs and what we think should be happening and what could be happening Um, things that we can be conditioned into without really questioning and this is where contemplation can help to question those beliefs are they really supporting me and then the third voice is really the voice of the inner self this is the wise voice within that we all have that sometimes they'll call it the quiet voice because it's got to whisper in order to get our attention when everything else is so noisy, right? It doesn't always shout at us, but we we know it. We all know what it feels like. So the witness is that voice. It is the, the, the part of us that has that voice, and it is watching all the time it's watching what we're doing it's watching how we're feeling it is watching what we're thinking so as I said before in other podcasts too is the moment you can say what am I thinking as I did who am I listening to I have gone into witness state so I'm not just caught in the thoughts I can actually see myself thinking or hear myself thinking so it's it's a more detached Um, observer of and that's why it's called the witness particularly in the eastern traditions it's the observer of everything and it's observing your behaviors and the impact it's having and then we can question when we're in that state
0: so on questioning when we're in that state because i think You know, so I've read the book, you know, um, I think it's think fast and slow, right? Got two brains. You think fast, quickly react. The other one, you think slower, you're a bit deeper. But I think, you know, in your book, you mentioned contemplating the right questions takes you into the realm beyond thought to where your higher truth lies. And something we've even discussed is, you know, asking yourself those questions to understand the dilemma, the real dilemma, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how we would normally question versus questioning to get to the source of the, the true dilemma?
1: Well, this is when it's really useful because a lot of the time we're just thinking the same things over and over and we're trapped. We're trapped by um, a missing piece of awareness or We can't find the the best answer and it, it isn't working for us. And we get very distressed about that. We can get very anxious and very depressed about it. So being able to ask a question that is going to help find a fresh approach or a different perspective or actually use our intuition, allow the intuition to tell us what we might be missing here, get a just get a different view on what we can be doing instead. That's the power of contemplation. So it does come through questioning. It's a little bit like that Socrates sitting around in ancient Greek times with, you know, all of the students on stones out near the temple or whatever, and they would ask questions the way philosophy is based on questions. So it's not about having the concrete what's in front of us answers, because that's actually not working at the time and maybe there's something more to learn. So that's where we ask and formulate a question. It's an important part of the contemplation process.
0: So maybe we talk about the contemplation process, because something I've asked you in the past, like Nindred, this sounds so simple. Why don't people do it? You're like, well, Neil, are you talking about the process or are you talking about the act of contemplation? And I was like, well, probably both, but more than the (laughs) act of contemplation. Maybe maybe just talk us through from your experience, whether it be your own or uh, folks that you've coached, how you've applied the process of contemplation.
1: Well, usually I will use it when I am a bit stuck and or if I, uh, my conscience isn't clear and I feel maybe I'm not being fair and then I'll, I'll use it um, by way of trying to work out what the dilemma really is. And I might ask a question like, um, what do I need to know in this situation? What is it I'm missing, basically? Mm -hmm. What do I need to know that I'm not seeing in this situation? And... And so then I will, so I'll ask the question Is that really what I need to know? Like I've spent some time thinking about what is my dilemma? What is it I really want to know? Well, actually, I can't get the right answer. I can't see the answer to this. So, what do I need to know about this situation? And then I will just write everything down that comes to mind. It could be this, it could be that. Um, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. I'm, maybe I don't know what they feel and maybe I don't know what I truly feel and maybe I'm risking this and it, just writing down whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And then when we've basically emptied the brain, emptied all the, the top of mind thoughts, we sit for a moment and we ask the question again, just get still. So it's important you do this in a quiet, uninterrupted space. Mm-hmm. Because you want the truth, you're asking for the truth, so we also need to revere that and respect it. So sit quietly, ask again, what do I need to know about this situation? And see what comes up. And you might have to sit for a minute or so before anything comes up as a thought, arises or a feeling comes up. It might be feeling this time. And then write about that. Just write it down, uncensored. Don't worry about what it's saying because you're not going to do actually anything with that. And then when that's finished, you go for a third time. It's very important that you ask the third time. And this time you're focusing on your heart. So you sit for a moment, close your eyes, breathing, letting go of everything else, but sitting with the question, the question's still there, and and your, your body and your mind, every part of you knows what the question is. So you ask then in your heart, you focus on your heart and you ask again, what is it that I need to know about this situation? And you wait. You just wait to see. Now, sometimes the answer will come very quickly and you might receive it in a number of different ways. It might come as a real feeling. Mm -hmm. It might be... um, You hear something. I actually hear words. I will get a sentence, a statement. Or you might get a vision. You might get a picture of it and a person appears. One time that happened for me. It was like, what am I not seeing? Who's who's behind this? And the person appeared. Oh, my goodness, I didn't realise it was them. And I was absolutely right. Someone doing a bit of behind-the-scenes sabotaging interesting so it you're, you we know so much we we always have the answer within us it is there it's a matter of accessing it so when you ask that third time it's giving your own deeper wisdom the chance to let you know so very often that third answer will be quite different from the first two not always but i find for men mostly it is or it comes with a very simple truth, a very simple statement where I've been trying to make it more complex than it needed to be.
0: So what I love about this is because we talked about energy last week, and I said, sometimes in business for myself, even if I'm in a tough meeting or in a tough situation on the, on the, in the line of fire, so to speak, I don't think I have the, I don't think that's the right moment for, well, maybe as I become a black belt in contemplation. A moment to really practice that, in the, in the amount of time and depth and and uh, focus that it requires. Yeah. But I think you know, in leadership, is because we've talked about this, and you said, "Hey, Neil, like it's really important. Like at some stage in a career of a leader, um, they're going to need to be good at contemplation, whether that's in the moment or whether that when they give themselves time." What you mentioned that really cut through for me in that process is the importance of writing, mm-hmm. of stillness of breathing. Mm -hmm. I don't think we do that as much as we should, even when we're not in contemplation. Have you struggled yourself in mastering or at times in a difficult situation, being able to write, be still and breathe even once, if not twice, let alone three times?
1: Yes, because sometimes I will be feeling incredibly frustrated or I could feel quite distressed or disturbed that I'm even asking the question and thinking, at least thinking, oh, I think I can use the contemplation process to help myself out here. Um, and, the, and that's why we do the first step is have, have, the, have the courage to at least sit with how you're feeling and just ask that question, but get it very clear. What am I really trying to find out here? What would really help me? Why aren't I doing whatever? Why won't I make that call? Um, It could be a simple thing like, why don't I get out and run every day? What's stopping me? Um, Sometimes it's more to do with our career and our potential and feeling frustrated and wanting to sort that out, but a bit scared at the same time. What I would say is, um it's a it's such a great process that it calms me down just thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. I've got something, I can at least trust this. So it's a real go-to process for me, other than meditation, but it's it's, it's a midway point between all that all that um activity and the need to be busy and the need to get things done and being in meditation it's this is this is mindfulness at its best in my book
0: well you actually have said that like contemplation uses the skills of mindfulness to go deeper into the wisdom of the heart to access the knowledge of the self can you maybe Because again, you also said, you know, at the end of the contemplation process, you're going to be listening to your heart, like, and it's going to be clear. And we talk about still mind wise heart. Yes. Maybe how, how does that come through?
1: Well, that's it. You still the mind, the mind then becomes a much clearer mirror for your soul and your source to give you the answer. And it's there. I've seen this over and over through coaching In my own life and using it the answer is there and Fred and I talked about that too is you know this is what coaching is all about helping the person find their own answers they have the answers within them so all we need to do is allow the mind to pause that very potent pause when it can stop thinking but at least let it empty enough that it's starting to still So it's a bit like, you know, ripples on the water. If you've got a wind blowing across the surface of a lake, it's going to be very ripply. That's our thoughts. The wind starts to calm down and you might get a few little undulations or a few little ripples here and there. But you're starting to see the clouds reflected or the moon reflected in the water again. I love the idea of the moon. Reflected in the water. That moon is going to look pretty odd when the surface is choppy.
0: Yeah. But as
1: soon as you calm and have done enough, and the breath's an amazing way to do that, then you can you can still the the surface of the lake and it's a beautiful clear reflection of the moon. So for me, that's you know a beautiful image for this for the light of, of source, the light of the self. And then you're more likely to get a clear answer. So what bothers me about all this is, and why the eight elements, is I just see so much wasted energy, so much wasted brain power, so much wasted time (laughs) because we think that running around and being busy and talking about it and thinking about it is going to give us the answer. And most of the time, it's giving us what we've always thought and what we've already thought.
0: Why is it then from experience <laughs> that, because I agree with you, like, you know, you can be chasing, uh, chasing your tail or running around like a headless chicken.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is it? Why is it that either we complicate it or we don't listen or we don't steady ourselves? Like, what is it about us as humans that prevent us from listening to... Uh, our heart, where our higher self speaks, as you say.
1: Mm. Something I haven't thought about before that comes to mind right right now is I think we've been educated into thinking that the answer is always out there. It's always out there with somebody else who has more knowledge. It's always out there with books. It's always out there with a documentary. It's always out there on social media now, you know, like, and what, what happens to us in our maturity and we want to realise potential, that's a big thing in, in the business world, corporate world, is for us all in the personal development field is realising our potential. Why are we deferring to somebody else all the time? So we're not actually taught, and maybe it's part of the whole servant Lord kind of approach that's, you know, we, we're not expected to think we'll give our own opinion and we still work for managers who do not want to know what we think. Mm-hmm. We see plenty of that as well. You know, it's always, where's the authority? So this is your own authority. This is really learning to trust. You do have the answers and they're right for you. They're right for you.
0: You know, it's interesting because uh, it makes me think back to a time back in the, I think it was like around 2010 or 2011. Um, I asked my line manager at the time, I said, Hey, I would love to get a coach. And he was like, why do you think you need a coach? And I was like, well, you know, I think that there are ideas or things that I could definitely use support, you know, just external objective. Um, and he, he's like, let me think about it. He came back to me. He's like, no, don't think you need it. You got the answers in you. And I was like, okay, fair play, cool, and hey, done, done well since, and no issues. But when I actually did eventually get a coach, I found that, you know, whenever I spoke to her, I was a lot of noise was coming out, and she would just help me, kind of almost just kind of cut through the noise and kind of clear through the noise and kind of go, but what does a Neil want? What does a Neil need? What does a Neil think? What does a Neil feel? What does a Neil know? What does a Neil want? And it's kind of funny because you're right. When you quiet the noise on the inside and cut through the BS on the outside, you can kind of almost go, okay, hang on a second. Actually, I do know what I want or what I want to do or what my dilemma is and therefore what I need to do as a result. And so it's kind of funny. I almost still feel like it's still a tag team effort. Like the answer is within me, but being able to get support from someone who's able to help tap into that, unlock that uh, is good. But you're right. I don't have to read 30 books to understand that two plus two is four. You know what I mean? It's, you get to a point where, and we, we kind of talked about this before this chat, you know, sometimes ultimately, if you know your values and you, you jot them down, you end up realizing that, you know, almost like math process of elimina- elimination, you get to that lowest common denominator, which is your, your value or your values. Yeah. And that's actually what you want. And that's what you want to practice or put into practice. And that's so simple.
1: Yeah, and that might be a question. That's so great, Manil. I, I, mean, I mean, it's such a great example as well for us all. It's We need mirrors still, right, or I wouldn't be coaching. We, we still do. When we're stuck, we need someone else to help us peel away the layers to let the answer come through. And at the same time, um, we've, we have got those answers so this is, this is the self-help bit, really, when there's no one else there to refer to. And to be fair to myself, I, I should do this first without rushing off to get someone else to help me mm-hmm. because ultimately we also have to learn what to do when there is no one else there. And I was thinking too, you know, this is where innovation and creativity comes from. It might be that it's not been thought about at all before. Maybe this is this is a... Uh, An innovation, like a, um, it's the genius part of us coming through, right, that suddenly sees something from a very different perspective, comes up with a whole new product, comes up with a whole new way of being, a whole new system, a culture, whatever. That's why I was saying at some point in leadership, you have to be able to do this for yourself. You've got to be able to come to the answers within you. And this is a great way of being able to do it. And very simple three steps that might take you 15, 20 minutes. It's not necessarily sitting there for three hours.
0: No, but I think to your point, but it's just, it's giving yourself that quality, not quantity of time. To have to go through this, I just love um, one of the questions you asked in the in your chapter on it is: Would you rather have a way of exploring your thoughts in ways that actually lead you out of the maze of possibilities and straight to the richest answers? And it's true because sometimes when you're on your own and you're stuck in the maze in your head and you're kind of like navigating your way through up oh, dead end up oh, 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 dead end up oh, round and round up oh, dead end, it it is great if you're able to practice this process and just come to okay that's the dilemma that's the problem. That's what I need to do. And that's going to give me the, the answer I need in order to act.
1: And that's where it ties in beautifully with values, because really, sometimes the, the very reason we're going around in circles with it is because we're not actually getting to my intention based on my values. So what's what's the values conflict here? And that very often in coaching, that will be my question is, okay, there must be There must be at least two values here that are actually vying for attention Mm. or they wouldn't be going round and round in circles about this. So there will be underlying all of that noise something that says I'm I'm about to violate a value or I'm I'm not being true to a value. And it could be as simple as what will my parents think Mm. because I value what they think or I've been taught that it matters what they think.
0: Or peers at the workspace.
1: Or you know, peers in the workspace. What will the manager
0: think? What will leadership think? Or all the, you know, and you start to, yeah, I think you go down that spiral of self-doubt yes. rather than self-reliance and self-trust.
1: Exactly. So self-doubt is my own inner self is saying, I have a right to this. I deserve this. It's the best thing for me and probably many others. And yet I'm worried about what, Others might think so. Then I would use that as a content within the contemplation process. Is what is it that matters about what people think? Mm. You could take that question and ask yourself, "What do I need to know about this?" Love it. Why? Why does it matter what other people think? And ask that three times. That would be a great one to find out. That'll help us. We'd all get help with that if we all ask that
0: question. I, I totally agree. I mean, we've talked about the the whole yeah. saboteur of hyper pleasing, hyper achieving. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think to understand that again, it goes back to self mastery, right? You know, it's not about being able to operate in solitude or in isolation. It's a matter of how do we operate in our best as our best self, uh, whether it's in a moment of conflict, in a moment of complexity, or in a moment of pressure. And I think that's when as leaders we can yeah be ready to take a step Absolutely. and not be frozen.
1: And also, you know, that idea of in essence, what can happen is if we don't do these contemplations and go to a deeper space with it, is we're just hanging on to our own strengths. Mm-hmm. We're just moving on tight to our own belief and what and what we've said, we think. So it's an impasse then. It's very it's very difficult to find a way out of the conflict or the disagreement or or you feel you're compromising because, well, one's winning and the other's losing, well, let's look at this a little bit more deeply. Is there a better way? What could be a better way? So a really good example is in the workplace, right, um, working in elite sport myself, and I was ha- having a mentoring session with two trainees in grow model coaching. And so they were they were actually coaching each other co-coaching and of course they're into full-on energy move as fast as possible get get out there so and and monkey minds you know chimp brain kind of approach to things great people very capable very intelligent lots of experience but let's just get it done fast and in a sense quite competitive you know like we just have the first thing and we'll run with it and we'll be right. So when we got to the options part in the grow model, you've got your goals and reality, and then you get into options and you're looking at what are the options that we could consider before we decide what we're going to do. So this is very similar, but they were like practising and one came up with one answer. Oh, I've got this is an option. Great. So what if you did that and when will you do it? And I said, no, no. No, no, ask him again. That's one option. Keep that there. That's option one. What else might he do? Oh, okay. So what else might you do? More ideas, a few other things. Okay, so let's, now what are you going to do with that? That's great. So which of those will you choose? You've got two options now. I said, no, 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 because he's got two options. He's thought of those so fast, and if they were really great options, he'd be doing them, and he's not. So let's go one more and that was at the point when i know one of the one of the women in the room said this is you know what this is such an aha for me because i would normally stop there so she asked it again and he came up with a completely different answer and they both looked at it because it was a live question they were dealing with the life dilemma and said we haven't thought of this before. So it's a bit like the guy that I talked about in one of the other podcasts who was sitting on his hands and sweating because he knew he just had to allow this uh, team member to find the answer for herself instead of him telling her what to do. It's a similar thing. But they were both so shocked that by asking it again, same question, doesn't have to be a fancy question, so what else, what else, what else? And then the third answer was light bulb, bulb moments. So then it was ask it again. You can go for a fourth with this if you want to in the contemplation process, we tend not to. But go for a fourth one and see if there's anything left because there might be. And if not, then okay, so let's look at the options. Let's get into deciding which of these might be worth considering.
0: So I love that story because I can relate to it because my prior manager loved the grow model and get us into his office one-to-one and he'd be like exactly that hmm, interesting so what else mm-hmm. uh, and then okay cool. so, and so what else and you know then you know a week later we're hauling a group and he's like oh yeah you know uh I, I use the grow method and, and we're all like, wait, light bulb went on. I'm like, wait a minute. You've been using that on us this whole time. And he's like, well, yeah, I have. And, you know, he's like, there's nothing to hide. But as soon as we all realize that, yeah, you just ask the question again and again and just push further, push further, push further. I think it's just, it's funny because I think naturally some of us just want to get it done and move on. Yes. Um, we don't want to either because maybe going further makes us feel uneasy, makes us feel uncomfortable. It triggers anxiety, it triggers stress. But it's like, if you're able to just push a bit further, go a bit further with that same same question, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, what you can unlock will surprise you, um, but it does require you to have that level of comfort to ask it three times and to answer it and go further three times.
1: And you can imagine as a leader who potentially has a number of teams under them, think of a director's position, potentially with a number of teams under them or a whole business with many divisions under them, lots of variables, that's burnout stuff, trying to handle all of that mentally. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that at that level they are, have become very good at allowing intuition to respect to just be able to step back, go into witness and say, what is it I need to see here? Step out on the balcony and look down. What is it that I really need to see here? What would be the best way forward? And, and maybe they're not conscious of the questions they're actually asking themselves. But this is a great way to, to be better at that, and particularly when you are in leadership, when you have quite a lot at stake.
0: But so what I find powerful about this, and if, if I'm drawing a, uh, an unfair uh, link, Apologies, but like, so grow for those that don't do no grow. I think I covered this in a way previous podcast, but goal, reality, opportunity way forward. But what I like about what you've just done in there is it's like without doing the grow exercise with someone, the contemplation exercise is effectively doing the grow exercise in calm, in quiet by yourself. Yeah. And it's asking yourself that and, and and what else and and what else and what else. And, and, you know, one thing you mentioned in your book and I, and I love this is, Um, you will also see how unnecessary it is to spend so much time thinking it is best to quiet the mind, still it to the point of no inner talk and allow your wisdom to bubble up to the surface of your conscious mind. And, you know, contemplation belongs within the heart where your higher self speaks. So it's just, it goes back to what we always talk about. Still mind, wise heart, you know, it's there. The answer is there. You just have to cut through, push through and you'll get there.
1: You will. And you can be pretty sure that it's the best answer. This is the key as well. So, when you ask your heart, and it is linked to values, and it is, and the higher self, your source, wants the very best for you, it's very unlikely it'll be a bad answer. Mm-hmm. So, the next part of that is then to say, Well, what do I think of that answer? Mm-hmm. Have a think around it. It might be a scary answer. Mm-hmm as well, because it might mean you've got to make a big change.
0: Makes sense. Own
1: up to something that is a bit hard to own up to, right, And, and make a decision about what to do. However, it's the best way forward. And then you work out, well, am I going to accept that? But what I will do is I'll look at it and I'll think, hang on, did this really come from just my conditioned thinking? Is this just did this come from source? Does this feel right? Does this feel like a truth? So I'll do my litmus test on it because it could still be that it's come from somewhere else. And the more you do this, the better you get at recognising it. So when you're in the workplace and in an everyday place, one of the things I know I can do in a meeting is I can get very still and go into witness state and start basically asking, what do I need? What's going on? What do I need to see if something's not feeling right in that meeting or I can see someone really caught in their own stuff, I can come back to how am I feeling? What's my truth in this? What do I need to say? Do I need to say anything with this? What's my job right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. Rather than jumping in and getting reactive and how dare you say that and this is a bit weird and you sure you just don't need a day off of it, like, Whatever's, whatever's going on in, at that time, that ability is, is it's, it, it's self-mastery, as you said. This is what you train yourself for. Well,
0: it's not letting, not letting your emotions, hot-headed emotions, lead you astray, as you say. So it's a, hey, Indra, just any closing thoughts on contemplation?
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, it's going to lead into journaling next time we meet. Mm. So writing the act. writing it down clearing by writing is very is very useful Um, but it's what do I want to say about contemplation it is to contemplate it is to reflect so finding a time in the day that feels like a good time to do that journaling can be a great way to start working on making that time but this is really more of a key to how am I getting what I want, how, you know, how am I getting that desire met and then what else do I need to know or what's in the way of me getting that? Yeah. Get, get, over the, get over the hurdles, get over the obstacles because in the end it's usually, as they all say, success is 80% mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So if we really accept that, then it is about being able to drop into our own hearts And say I've got my mindset, right?
0: Love it. You have a beautiful way with your words and your thoughts. And uh, as a, as a bit of a cliffhanger for the next one, I love how you've written the element of journaling hand and heart align when we pay the right attention. And I Mm -hmm. think this was a great session on contemplation to understand how we cut through and eventually listen to our heart where the source lies and then partner that with the hand and put it on paper and see where it can go from there. Indira, as always, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. And I look forward to to next week.
1: Yes. That, that'll that be fun too. You know, we're on the path to joy. That's what it's all about. So.
0: Indeed. Well, if, if we're not enjoying this, we're doing something wrong, right? <laughs> In general, I'm talking about life, not this.
1: We yeah. are here to enjoy life.
0: No, oh, yeah. One life to <laughs> live. Yeah. No. All right. Well, big hugs. Speak to you all later. Thank Thanks, dude.
1: Thanks so much. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Contemplation, it's brilliant. I'm genuinely excited about next week's session on journaling. If you have any questions, reach out to us, either myself or Indira, on Facebook, Instagram, or on LinkedIn. Share this with friends and family. Enjoy this content, either through your favorite podcast or YouTube. And remember, know you to be you. Self-mastery, it's within. We're here to help you develop it with heaps of love and big hugs. This is Anil. Take care.